Let's pray. Lord, teach us to love you and to be open to you who are the source of life and love and generosity that it may flow unceasingly through us as we follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, here's a Bible quiz for you. In the Bible, when Jesus asked people to follow him and become a disciple, did he ever get turned down? Did he? Anybody? Okay, if you were if you were if you were listening when Paul read it. Yeah, the rich young ruler, he turned him down, right? He, he, we can say it. He got turned down. Next question. Did Jesus ever get turned down anywhere else in scripture when he asked someone to follow him? No, he did not. This is the only time with the rich young ruler that someone turned down Jesus. Imagine that. So today we have two stories about rich guys, and each story ends quite differently. Interestingly, Luke tells the stories back to back to highlight the contrast. The story of Zacchaeus ends on a happy note, doesn't it? I mean, partly because... There's a happy ending, and partly because Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he, and we make him into a cute person. We even have a song about Zacchaeus, which we didn't sing this time, but we all have that song in our head, right? But can you imagine having a song about the rich young ruler? You know, it would would end perhaps this way. And then he turned his back to Jesus and slowly walked away. And slowly walked away. Isn't that a fun song? Turn down. It's no wonder we don't have a song like that. Especially when a pastor tries to sing it. Okay, the truth is, there's nothing fun about that story. It ends badly when the guy walks away and rather... Quickly, the astute reader in an affluent Western setting such as ours has to ask, oh boy, does Jesus ask us, me, to give everything away too? Is this what it means to be a follower of Jesus? If so, uh, I'm, I'm with the rich man. I, I, I can't give everything away. No way. But of course... Jesus was saying to the man that he had a choice to make about who his God was and who he was going to follow. What was his treasure? Where was his heart? Jesus or material wealth? Jacob Needleman, the author of Money and the Meaning of Life, once wrote the following, and I think this is a pretty uh, pretty good quote. Uh, Hell is the state in which we are barred from receiving what we truly need because of the value we give to what we merely want. Did you get that? Pretty good. Hell is the state in which we are barred from receiving what we truly need because of the value we give to what we merely want. Perhaps there are many people living in hell on earth around us. Our friend Ebenezer Scrooge was living in this hell, wasn't he? And I'd say 
many of us, including, by the way, people of modest means because uh, this isn't about how much you have it, it's whether you covet it and value it, whether it is your treasure, not whether you have it in your possession or not. So how come Jesus didn't ask Zacchaeus to give everything away? How come he got off? It's so easy. Well, Jesus probably should have asked him to give everything. Zacchaeus didn't even earn all his money honestly. The truth is, Jesus didn't ask anything of Zacchaeus. He didn't have to. And that's the point, isn't it? Zacchaeus was interested in the person of Jesus, who he was, what he was about. And because of that, Jesus entered his life. And Zacchaeus' life was changed, to say the least. It sort of happened organically, naturally, in the course of their budding relationship, did it not? Notice how much different the rich ruler's encounter with Jesus was. Here's how it began. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Asked he. He begins by inquiring about an inheritance, uh, another acquisition for a guy like this. He had already acquired a lot of stuff, to be sure, but now he wanted one more acquisition, eternal life. And what was Jesus' role in all this? Well, from the rich young ruler's point of view, uh, Jesus was the one with the know-how, the instructions, a means to an end. Did the rich ruler seem curious about who Jesus was, what he stood for? Not so much, I don't think. Just wanted that last asset for the ultimate portfolio. It's hard to determine if money was his God or himself. Contrast this again with Zacchaeus. What was his motivation for having an encounter with Jesus? It says in the story, he wanted to see who Jesus was. Do you want to see who Jesus is? question can be asked of all of us. Are you curious? Zacchaeus was curious, and we can surmise more than curious too, probably a little desperate. Likely, Zacchaeus desired the meaningful life that he knew he lacked. Maybe Jesus could restore his life. People who were deeply compromised had been transformed, restored by Jesus, Zac had heard. Maybe that could happen to him too. Ebenezer Scrooge became curious, too, even if he wasn't at the start. No, it's okay. We can talk about it in August. He wasn't curious about other people, about life, about love. Those were irrelevant things to Scrooge until the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future took him on a journey, right? You know the story. It was then that he became curious, didn't he, about his nephew Fred who had an unconditional loving spirit even towards him. And, and Scrooge became curious about Bob Cratchit and his family, admiring Bob's character and generosity even towards him. And maybe, just maybe, Scrooge learned to love again when he learned more about who? Tiny Tim. We all know Scrooge was transformed and became generous and joyous in the end. Don't forget how he got there, not by acquiring more assets, but by becoming curious about people, life, and love. Here's the ending to A Christmas Carol. 
a Zacchaeus character in a different time as Cratchit comes late to work. Well, any time's a good time to see that scene, huh? And the same be said of us, that our hearts are open to the blessings around us and out of a sense of blessedness and gratitude that, that we're generous and experience the joy in that. Zacchaeus, like Scrooge, was probably a lonely person too, don't you think, from what we know here? Given that he was widely despised, and related to people in an inauthentic way as a matter of business. You know, kind of like, we can surmise this from what we know about tax collectors for Rome. They were usually guilty of some form of tax fraud, collecting too much in taxes and pocketing the difference. So, it is likely Zacchaeus desired authentic connection to someone. He wasn't calculating what he could get out of Jesus. He had enough stuff already. He wanted to see Jesus, which means he was obviously interested in who Jesus was. I think he knew that Jesus just might reconnect him, Zacchaeus, to the human race, to learning the dance that people do with life and with love, just like the end of A Christmas Carol. Zacchaeus had already put on the eyes of faith in Jesus, perhaps, was the very fountain of life, love, and connection. Zach's hands and hearts, his heart was open. Barbara Brown Taylor puts it this way, You cannot accept God's gift if you have no spare hands to take it with. You cannot make room for it if your rooms are already full. You cannot follow if you are not free to go. And so the gift was offered, but the rich man, the rich man, had his hands full of cash and his rooms full of possessions. He was not free to follow, and so he didn't. He was expecting maybe a hoop to jump through, a transaction to be made. Is this how Christianity is sometimes presented to you in our country? If so, no. Believing he was in the presence of a life-giving gift, Zach climbed a sycamore tree to see Jesus, making a fool of himself in the process. Are you curious about Jesus? Are you captivated by him? I hope so. This is the one you're following if you're a Christian. He doesn't just point to true life. According to what we believe, he is true life. So how is your following going? The rich ruler thought he could earn or acquire eternal life. Okay, Jesus, what's the program? And so Jesus answered him on that level, the level of the program, the requirements to merit eternal life. Turns out the requirements are pretty steep. If you want to do it on your own, it's not only the Ten Commandments, it's selling everything you have and following Jesus. Most of us would be out with the Ten Commandments question. In fact, we all would be. But as if that wasn't enough, then Jesus throws in, you know, sell everything on top of it, which is basically the Eighth Commandment anyway, thou shalt not covet. You want to try to do what is necessary to earn eternal life? Good luck, you can't do it. 
And that is why Jesus says, it would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. In other words, if it's hard for a normal Joe to do what is necessary, um, triple that for a rich person, I suppose, something like that. But what is impossible for humans is possible for God. Which leads us back, finally, to Zacchaeus. As I've already said, Zach just wanted to know Jesus. Do you see where this is leading? Zach's heart was open to receive Jesus, and he did. And look what Jesus did with Zach's heart. What is impossible for humans is possible for God. Zacchaeus, who was a rich man, announced that he would give half of everything he owned to the poor and to anyone he stole from, he would repay fourfold. Does it say that Jesus asked him to do this? Do you think Zach had it in his mind before he met Jesus? He wanted to give away half of everything he owned? I doubt it. It was because of Jesus. It was because he let Jesus into his heart. So what would have been virtually impossible for Zach was possible with God. Zach became generous, very. And it came from his heart where his treasure now was. His generosity came from the joy of having Jesus in his home and in his life. He was doing the hokey pokey, was he not, Karen? He was leading the hokey pokey. Zach was all in that's what it's all about. So if any of us are wondering how much we should give away, you ever wonder that? Well, how much should I give away? The Bible's confusing. Jesus asked the ruler to give it all. Zach gave half, and Jesus declared him saved. Not because he did that, but as a result of him being saved. The gold standard in the Bible is a 10% tithing, which to most people is just really scary. Well, what's the right answer? Maybe the right answer is this. We would all do well to be more curious about Jesus. It is in the very, the very person of Jesus that we find salvation. How can we practice curiosity about Jesus? How can we practice building our relationship with Jesus? Our future as a congregation hinges on these questions and how we answer them. What will you do this fall to open your heart to Jesus? Are you curious about him? There will be opportunities. Stay tuned. Amen.